This is an ABC podcast. We all are aware of the vast knowledge and also the expertise and different skills the elderly come with as they were raising us. And uh, we know they have a vast uh, knowledge of things and experiences that they've been through. We have to stick to elderly people so we, we, learn, uh, we learn culture so that when uh, the elderly or whoever passed away, then you are the one who's going to continue what uh, they have told you. In their own land, if they're going to put me back home, the grandchildren will, will know where the grandmother comes and they will go and visit me. All across the Pacific, it is customary for family to care for our elderly people when they can no longer care for themselves. And the idea of our boo-boo having no one to look after them in their old age fills us with sadness and shame. It can also put enormous pressure on carers, who are usually the daughters and granddaughters. When they have an elder at home with an advanced debilitating condition like dementia, kidney failure or cancer. So do we need more support from health and welfare services to ensure older people in the Pacific have the best possible end-of-life care? I'm Hilda Wayne. Sisters, let's talk about caring for our elderly. In my culture, it is a tradition that we look after our own elders. It's a sacrifice that we accept because they cared for us when we were children. But what is it like as a working parent to have a very sick mother or father at home? And as this responsibility usually falls to women, how do we cope? Selenyata Aweya is an Itoke woman in Fiji. She cared for her mother when she was dying, and now her sister cares for the elderly father. I believe it's a part of our social need, uh, communal responsibility as uh, Itoke uh, Fijians to look after our older adults, our elderly uh, parents or guardians. I have a older parent of about 76 year old my father uh, which was very challenging to to try and look after him uh, as since most of us plus other siblings were uh, working uh, full-time and uh, we managed to uh, get an older sister she uh, left her job to look after our father so it is really a challenge for us uh, especially in the family to look for somebody to look after our uh, elderly father for my mother it was very unfortunate that we were not able to detect the symptoms of diabetes early uh, so when she passed away she was already in a coma state of uh, hyperglycemia very low sugar level uh, so that was a turning point for me. Salanieta also teaches nutrition and dietetics at the Fiji National University. Because I work in the nutrition and dietetics sector, I was able to uh, provide my siblings, especially my sister, older sister, who's looking after my dad, uh, knowledge and uh, preparation, food preparation uh, techniques on what foods to prepare for my dad, especially the different nutrients that would at least prolong my dad's uh, condition, which has really helped. He was uh, diagnosed as diabetic around 2015, so he's still around. We're very 
blessed to still have him around. Whenever I finish from work, I'll go and talk to him and just um, just to spend some time. I believe what's important for them is just to have that social, uh, communal interaction, which they very much need. And especially when my mom has passed away, he really needed that just to have somebody to talk with him. So those were some some ways to help him and also prolong his uh, quality of uh, health. Paying for care is also a challenge. Fortunately, Salonietti's father has a pension which helps the family cover costs for a private doctor to care for him. But she says it's important to plan ahead when it comes to paying for future health costs. During their working years, uh, it's very important to also uh, raise awareness on uh, retirement plans, uh, where they will be and how they will be spending their retirement money and all, which is a challenging issue here in Fiji. And I believe also in the Pacific is to have a retirement plan at the end uh, of their working years, uh, because at the end of the day, uh, they have to look after themselves in terms of finances, what food to eat and who to look after them and how to get medical um, attention when they need it. Uh, So, yes, we really need to uh, invest in uh, older uh, adults' welfare because uh, this uh, aging population will be much bigger than in few years' time. So it's really important that we we look after the older generation, yes. She believes it is much more difficult for families who don't have the expertise that she has from her profession. The health system is is already burdened with a lot of conditions. So just trying to get the elderly parent or your elderly relative to the hospital is, again, a challenge. And for me, it was an advantage that I was already working in the health sector, in the nutrition, and I have contact and networks. Uh, and also my older siblings, uh, we were supportive of each other. And I think we were really taking care not just of my dad, but we were also t- looking after my sister that she needed that time to, you know, just to relax. So it, it's a really ch- a challenge. We have uh, caregivers courses, uh, which the university and other NGOs are also trying to do. Um, and to create awareness in caregivers themselves. Eh? So it is a challenge for others who are not so fortunate. And often they are, the older persons are just lost and not cared properly and quality of uh, life just decreases. And would you like support or maybe, you know, others in similar situations as yours, yours like um, nursing care or an aged care facility to help for um, the elderly? And in your instance, your dad. Yes, I would really like to see that uh, places like institutions such as the university, even for Fiji National University, I think they've worked together in getting programs to train caregivers. The Ministry of Social Welfare are really assisting uh, so well in this area as well. So above 60 years old, they are given uh, free transport, uh, medical um, access to uh, certain drugs, and also they're given vouchers, food vouchers, and also other finances, uh, monthly assistance that's given by the government. So, yes, I would really like to see support on investing in older adults' uh, care. What is it like for you to combine your modern commitments like work uh, and with your family and then also try to uh, juggle your cultural traditions to take care of your elder? 
it is it's really a challenge because on one hand we can leave them to be just ignore the uh, the roles and responsibilities that uh, we uh, we we usually see in our our parents they used to do to their parents so we kind of see that over the years that they looked after their parents and that we are doing it now and that's part of our social uh, and cultural obligation and also it's our moral principle and we also rely on spiritual guidance to guide us that it's our duty I think of one of the bible verses to uh, to respect the elders so we also because of our christian background we do follow that as well and on the other hand uh, i'm a full-time working uh, parent i also have a family my husband and children to look after and i live about 17 kilometers from where he is uh, so whenever i'm free from work i'll just have to go past home and just say hello to him and to my sister uh, and just encourage my sister and thank her for looking after my dad and just go and say hello to my dad and then I go to my children uh, and my husband and it is really sometimes it's heartbreaking because sometimes I want to stay home and just spend one or two days with my dad but then I also need to be at home with my kids and my husband so yeah it's a challenge uh, but we just have to to cope and see that things get better every day. What a lovely positive outlook. That was Selenyata Awea, a lecturer at Fiji National University, talking about caring for her elderly father. This is Sisters Let's Talk with Hilda Wayne. Selenyata spoke about the social and cultural obligation in her culture to care for older people. This is the case all over the Pacific. Mary Kalsrup runs the not-for-profit organization Mama's Life in Vanuatu. Here in Vanuatu, uh, we have our own elderly people to look after. Like We, we are not like uh, Europeans who have, uh, when, when they have elderly, then they have a special place to go, like uh, rest homes. But here, we, when we have our own elderly people, we have to look after them. And then until the time when uh, they die, then that's the end of our, our struggle. Like We have to look after our own elderly people. So many people move away from the rural villages and communities into towns and cities for education or for work. Um, do they start to lose this valuable tradition of respecting and taking care of the elderly when they move away from home? Some maybe, but most when uh, they come back to, like they are from island to town to look for work. And then some people have to go back to the communities when uh, they had the uh, father or and or mother is very sick, like they're getting old and very sick, that they have to go back and then uh, just stay, them, stay with them for a little while. And they come to Port Villa, but sometimes some of us uh, events, when they come to uh, Villa to look for work, maybe they don't have the chance to go back to look after the elderly who have been uh, looking after them since birth. So what happens to their lives and jobs when they uh, have to leave and go back to take care of the elders? Yes, like uh, when you come to Botswana, it's another place. Eh? Like going to islands is uh, also expensive. But people who, who work in uh, government overseas, like they have the chance to go back to look after the elderly and come back to work again. Like they have to ask permission. But uh, some of us who are working low wages, maybe when they come to Botswana, then maybe they didn't have any chance to go back to look after the elderly. Whoever's in the island to look after the elderly, then it's his responsibility. That, but the one working in them, it's a stay and with his job or her job. Some of us who work away from home, we send money back home to support our elderly parents or grandparents. Has that become normal 
um, for people in Vanuatu to support the elderly and also visit once in a while? Yes, uh, that's very true. Uh, people who have jobs in Botswana and uh, also uh, people going to uh, seasonal workers in Australia and New Zealand, when they go there, they usually send money to help uh, elderly at, uh, in Vanuatu. And people living in Botswana who have uh, daily jobs, they do the same. They just uh, send money to the elderly to just buy whatever they want and then uh, that's it. Mm. I speak for myself and coming from Papua New Guinea, we say that, you know, our elders have so much wisdom and invaluable knowledge about history and life in general, you know, of ev- evolution of our people. Um, is it important for young people to connect with the older generation uh, so that we do not lose these valuable skills and knowledge? Uh, yes, Hilda, I think that's very, very important. We have to stick to elderly people so we, we learn culture. Like when we come to urban areas, sometimes... Uh, what we should learn, we forgot, but it's it's better that when you start growing up, you have to learn uh, your culture so that when uh, the elderly or whoever passed away, then you are the one who's going who's gonna, to um, continue what uh, they have told you to your children, to your children, whoever comes behind uh, you. That was Mary Kaltrap. She adds up the not-for-profit organization Mama's Life in Vanuatu. Mary also told me that there are no aged care homes in Vanuatu, which is the case in many other Pacific countries. But there are a small number of aged care homes in the Pacific, and one of the oldest is the home of the elderly at Mapui Fangalele in Samoa. The home is run by the Little Sisters of the Poor and is funded entirely through donations. The home was established in 1976 to support elderly people with no family, and today it has 44 beds. Here is Sister Christina of the Eucharist, who is a carer at the home, which I hear is in a beautiful location. Oh, it is so beautiful. Island is like a paradise, and people are so good, extremely kind and compassionate, and they have such a wonderful hospitality. That's their uh, main, you know, they're, they're so welcoming people in Samoa, and the island is so beautiful, so peaceful. I'm assuming Samoans have a similar sense of a family as other countries in the Pacific, um, where we are expected to take care of our elderly. I am from Papua New Guinea, and um, we don't leave our elderly or our elderly parents to somebody else to take care of. So how has it been for families when their loved ones go to Mapui Fangalele? Yes. They always looked after their, their family. I mean, elderly people, they had a high respect for their family. But to see, the reason was to see the younger generation was migrating to other countries, especially New Zealand and Australia, for looking for work. So these older people were left alone at home and no one to look after them. I believe the families, you know, who see the elderly is well taken care of. Are they happy with, uh, you know, the care that you give to the elderly? Oh yes, they love it, and um, they because we respect the elderly. See, our um, our vision is it's a family spirit. When they get older, they think sometimes they feel they are useless. So we do a lot of activities, uh, diversion therapies, all that to make them um, useful, and they 
we respect them and their uh, their idea, their wisdom, they always welcome. Um, so it is very important to make them happy and content. That was Sister Christina from the Home of the Elderly at Mapui Fangalele in Samoa. You're listening to Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia. In Australia, it is much more common for older people to move into HK home when they can no longer care for themselves. But there is an annual shortage of up to 35,000 HK workers and the organizations that run these facilities have been looking to the Pacific for workers. Alice Tara completed air qualifications in 2020. She is from Solomon Islands and now works in Sydney. While the style of care is very different to her experience at home, there are skills that she hopes to take back to Solomon Islands. I've decided to try and, and work in aged care each because of the passion that I have for my elders. Uh, I've been around with elders in the community quite a lot. And um, from there, it just makes me more interested in the, um, studying in the field and I enjoy being around um, elderly people. That's lovely. And you cared for your grandfather with dementia. How did um, that change the way you worked and lived when uh, he needed that care? Yeah, so back then, um, it's just a common concept that when, um, like back home, we have the concept where when our elderly they grow older they just like oh they're growing older so that that's what they we all gonna get through and so when i get an have the opportunity to went over and study um it makes me understand more what my grandfather went through back then with or on the with the like a small amount of time that i spent with them families back when my my grandfather was still around yeah what have you learned about the differences between aged care facilities and caring at home? It's uh, from my experience, I'd say it's not, it's a way we care for elderly. It's not that difference, but it's the clinical part and um, some sort of regulations that come with care that we provide, especially in Australia, that makes it different. Like back home, it's when we talk about elderly care, it's, it's quite different. We provide for our elderly, like helping them both emotionally or physical assistance and stuff. But the difference is that in Australia, we have like a body that sort of looked after for elderly people in particularly. But back home, we don't have such. So we looked after our own uh, elders. And Alice, how would you like to see elder care uh, carried out in Solomon Islands? It'll be really interesting to um, to make a difference, but like that will comes with a lot of education, uh, a lot of um, awareness uh, to our people back home, like to those that looked after their elderly back home, or um, even advocating as well um, and educating about elder care or the rights that elders have. That's why I've, I was uh, interested to come and like gain a bit of an experience. And uh, when I go home, maybe it will make an impact on my community. Good on you. Do you think people would accept a less traditional style of care? It will take time but because um, for us, um, 
Pacific Islanders, like especially us where I come from, Solomon Islanders, we're um, very strong in culture. It's we have this kind of motive, like oh, if you put like someone else look after your your grandparents or your dad, um, it's a shame. Like oh, why why did you put your dad for someone else to look after? Us? But in the long run, I think there will be a lot of changes that will happen. That was HK worker Ali Stara from Solomon Islands. Finally, sisters, I wanted to meet someone who is planning for her own care when the time comes. It's still a long way off, but Joyce Arosama is from Papua New Guinea, and when she can no longer care for herself, she definitely doesn't want to go into aged care. Uh, in Australia, uh, the first experience I had was my children's father leaves. Her, her mom lived in uh, Malaysia, so she couldn't look after her, and the other sister couldn't look after her. They were, p- they were going to put her in a nursing home, and I started crying because I wanted to look after her. But they were explaining, and I said, okay, there's no space. So that's my effects experience, and really broke my heart. Because, as you know, back home, we do not put our, our elders into anything like that. So, yeah, that was my effects experience. I was shocked. And I didn't really understand why. Until now, I, you know, I know a little bit better. It must have been really shocking for you. Yeah, yeah. Because I was very young, actually, at that time when, when they did that. And um, we, we went working, so she did have a flat. And uh, so we did come and live in her flat. And, um, and I thought I'd pay her back by looking after her. But her place is only a sitter, you know, one place where you can sit, eat, and sleep, and get up, and that kind of thing. Oh, my goodness, was so small. But lucky I only got one daughter then. When you were a girl growing up in uh, Bena, uh, what is that like for you, and how do you how are you taught how to look after your, your the old people? The son, the son is the, uh, that's his job to, to take care of the elderly. But because of the wife, um, uh, you know, uh, backstabbing and bitching about the mother, usually the daughter take take over the oldest. But actually, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a son's job. So we we never heard of putting anybody away from, unless they're active. They're active, they can do things, but if they have broken legs or blind or crippled, we just take them in and... Um, you know, son or son-in-law or daughter, daughter-in-law, just look after them and everybody have a turn by bringing in food and just dropping it. Or it's just like one of the kids that they, there's, nobody say you can do this or that. No, automatically it's their job to just take care of her and feed her or him. And we just live with them and until they die in the house, not outside of anybody's house. If 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 somebody's looking after it and they die, you are not a little good child, you know, that they'll give you the bad name. And also, uh, I don't know about Bena, but, you know, where I come from in Hagen, we say that, you know, our elders' words, last words are, we hold it dearly and we try to be on the good books. Is that something that is similar to your culture as well? Yes, yes, yes. We we do that too, and we, 
I didn't, you know, talking about it, I'll get very <clears throat> emotional because I didn't look after my mom and dad, but my my sister did. She was married to Kabifa, and uh, they both look after, and I only went to bury them. So um, I'm not very good in, in saying that I look after older people because I left. Mm, that's really sad, isn't it? Yeah. You have beautiful daughters and grandchildren now. What is your relationship like with them? Uh, my, uh, they, are the, they are the ones that they make me keep going. I could be gone long, long already, long time, you know, crazy. But I I survived because of them. I knew my girls would give me grandchildren and now I'm, I'm like, I'm blessed. Uh, I got two grandsons and two granddaughters and I'm just blessed. They are my future, so I just spend time with them with smile and love. That is so beautiful. And as you know, you know, all folks in Australia live in care residents and they're going to, you know, residential care and get specialist help. This may be somewhat decades down the line for you, but is it something that you think of? Oh, no, no, no. For me, I already told the girls that they're taking me home. Otherwise, one of them is building a house at her back for my grand flat. Even her mother-in-law and me and the father will be living in her backyard. But uh, they're not going to put me in, in a nursing home. They already been told. And if, if they don't do it, you saw it. Ember me come tan tan in Sinan Global. I'll haunt them. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> no, I won't. But um, picking in, in the wrong line, if they're going to put me back home, uh, the grandchildren will, will know where the grandmother comes and they will go and visit me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I I'm buried here, they'll never go and find the roots where they come from, where their grandmother comes from. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. So, so it's been already told to the girls that, you know, I spent all my life in Australia. In my last old age, I would love to go live in my country and I die in Papua New Guinea. That's my wish. And uh, what if your boo-boos and your boo-boos, the boo-boos meaning your grandchildren, what if they decide to send you home? Who will take care of you in PNG? Oh, my brothers and sisters' kids. They will look after me like their own, just like they do with the others. You know, one of them will house me and they will just look after me. If not, my, 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 my girls will, will set me up nicely. I won't be, you know, but I won't be going into a nursing home, that's for sure. Why, 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 why is that? Um, I know they do. They take care of of of, of all people here, nice. But be, um, don't forget, I do I, I do work in aged care myself. Before I wander around the uh, the whole Australia, I've been in and out of all kinds of works, my darling girl. What was it like uh, when you have, you know, strong cultural traditions that encourage family to take care of their old people, and you working in the aged care? What was that like for you? Oh, I look at it, and I, I always bring smile and, and laughter to the uh, elderly people, you know, because I look at them and I thought, you were once like me. You have a life, and you, you did able to walk and talk and eat and that kind of things. And I always make it like a kid. I go down on my knees and, and, and talk with them, hold their hands, cuddle them, uh, feed them, and give them a kiss on the on, on the forehead. 
Um, I, I just love working with age in the aged care. Joyce, thank you so much for sharing your wonderful experiences and you have a heart of gold. I think. Hope your boo-boos take care of you and your daughter take care of you really nicely as you have taken care of others too. Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you very much and you have a beautiful day and God bless. That was my friend Joyce Adosame who has lived in Australia for a long time. But when she's an old lady, she wants to return to her village in Papua New Guinea for care. Thanks to all my guests today, Joyce Alistara, Sister Christina, Mary Kalsrap, and Salaniata Awea. The world is certainly changing, but let's hope our very important cultural obligations to care for our elders is not lost in the future. Thank you so much for joining me. Hilda Wayne for Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia a weekly show by Pacific Islands Women for Pacific Islands Women, where we get together to talk about the issues that are important to us. If you've missed an episode of the show, catch up on our podcast. In the Pacific, just search for Sisters Let's Talk wherever you get your podcasts. If you're in Australia, you can listen to Sisters Let's Talk on the ABC Listen app. If you've got a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message anytime at the ABC Radio Australia Facebook page or email sisters at abc.net.au. That is sistas at abc.net.au. Next time on Sisters Let's Talk, a special conversation about women in politics in Papua New Guinea. I want to get rid of this idea that women had no power traditionally. It's not correct. Women had a lot of influential power. Women and men worked together. Men and wives made decisions together. But in the public sphere, it was the male voice. And now that the public sphere is just male voices, there's no women's voices at all in Parliament. We're not getting that female influence at all. Dame Carol Kidu will join me next time on Sisters Let's Talk. Sisters Let's Talk is presented and produced by me, Hilda Wayne. Our supervising producer is Kim Lester. Executive producer is Inga Stunzner. Our commissioning editor is Ilaria Walker. Sisters Let's Talk is an ABC Radio Australia production. I'm Tasol Nabungimu next time.